This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is entitled, Financial Series Part 1. How you manage your money is important to God and is a reflection of your values. God is watching how you handle the resources He's given you. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Thank you for joining us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. And thank you for joining us today, wherever you are in the world. I'm so honored and so grateful for your presence. Uh, today, I'm going to start a series on finances. I try to do a financial uh, series every year. And today, I'm going to start one for the next few weeks. And uh, I want to uh, direct your attention to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 19. Today, Matter of fact, today is a Bible study. And because you, don't, you ain't been to Bible study, no fault of your own. Actually, I have been doing Bible studies, uh, except for uh, online. Uh, we're going to bring it to you this, today. Ecclesiastes 10.19 says this. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Money answers everything. It seems to be such an unscriptural point. It seems to be so unspiritual. But yet, money and how you manage it is very spiritual. It's a very spiritual component and element and revelation of your values, where you spend money, what you do with money, reveals a whole lot. And uh, I want to spend some time for the next several weeks just rehearsing and reissuing and re-challenging us in our money management practices and in God's perspective of money and what, what we ought to be looking at and how we ought to be making choices and decisions uh, regarding money. It's been a couple of years since I've talked about this, but let's, let's dive into this and talk about this today. I've got several points that I want to highlight today and I want you to this is not a one passage message this is a, a, a Bible study as I said and so I'm going to be looking at various passages it's a topical sub, uh, message to look at various topics and points about money and it begins with this Ecclesiastes 10:19 that money answers everything money speaks to things money uh, God uses money and has a means to do a lot of things. And that's what we want to spend uh, our time today discussing and dialoguing about. Let's start off by uh, giving you my testimony because I know that in my own personal life, uh, I've seen God use money in so many ways. When my priorities are out of whack or if I'm failing to do something God told me to do or I'm doing something that God told me not to do, I know in my own personal life, God gets my attention by tightening up the cash. When the money gets tight, I know that God is trying to get my attention. And so when the money gets tight, I say, speak, Lord. Your, your servant is listening. And, and, uh, and, and, and vice versa, when uh, God's pleased, I see that God gives me resources. I'm, I'm persuaded if God wants you to do something, he makes the resources available to you to do it. If he doesn't make it available, he doesn't want you to do it. So I want to uh, take a look at four points. I got four things, but I got multiple verses to look at as it relates to money. 
Here's the first point I want to make. Money, number one, reveals God's power. Money reveals God's power. God uses money to demonstrate and reveal to you and I his power. And you can see this in various passages of the scripture, but I want to point out one in Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses 24 through 27. Here the um, disciples are wrestling with an issue. Let's just read this for a moment. And we're going to see, here's what this is going to show. It's going to show us that God has the capacity to meet your financial needs. He shows his power. Verse 24 of uh, Matthew uh, chapter 17 says, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon, from whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons or from strangers? And Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, verse 27, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Now, that's, this, is, this is supernatural provisions from God that they raise the question about Jesus paying taxes. And Jesus says to Peter, since he knew that this was a question that they had raised, Jesus knew that the, the uh, people had come and raised this issue. The Bible says that Jesus gives instructions to Peter, go down to the sea, fish, the first fish that you catch, reach in his mouth and you're going to find some money. God supernaturally made provisions and helped Peter to find resources in an unexpected place. God's, that, that had to be God to make it happen for it to come forth in an unexpected way. And you and I need to know that God has the capacity and the ability and the power and the anointing to open up a provisions for you in an unexpected way. Some of, you got, some of you are going to see God open up a door and a, provisions for you in a way that you least expected. God will open up the door, and that's what he did. He supernaturally provided. He uses money to demonstrate the awesomeness of his power. I look back over so many times in my life, so many circumstances, so many situations where I needed uh, a breakthrough. I needed a miracle. And I suspect some of you have experienced the same thing, that you've seen God supernaturally send a check in the mail that you didn't anticipate. I remember being, I remember being in, in, in making a commitment to get out of debt, and I was about $15,000 worth of debt, and I had gotten into paying off, I had about $30,000 worth of debt, and over time, God had been helping me pay off that debt, and I got down to $15,000. So I'm looking and expecting and anticipating God to help me pay off that debt. And unexpectedly to me, God sent a check in the mail for $15,000. Woo, somebody ought, to give, somebody ought to give him some praise right there. Now, and I have to tell you, God will give you, God will give you supernatural provisions if he can trust that you will supernaturally, once he provides it supernaturally, that you will 
take it and do what it is you said you were going to do with it. You're going to get out of debt. And I have to tell you, I have to be honest, the temptation came for me to spend that money on so many other things. The temptation came for me to uh, go and buy this and go and buy that. But I thank God I kept my word and took that, took that money and paid off my debt. And that's the last debt that I have had other than my home. That's the last debt that I've had. I have not gone, and that's been many years ago. God will make provisions for you. He uses money, point one, to demonstrate his power. God has the capacity to do that. Here's number two. God uses money to help us minister to others' needs. God uses money to minister to the needs of other people. So now this is an important point because so many people fail to recognize that, uh, that God is giving you money not just for yourself, but God is giving you money to help other people. And there's a whole lot of folk who have think that the money is just for you. But we have to be gracious people, giving people. That's another point I'm going to talk about later on in this series, that God uses money and gives you money so that you can be a blessing to other people. But in order for you to get, you got to learn how to be a giver. If you, if you can't be a giver, if you don't know how to give, to help, support, bless other people, then can't nobody bless and help you. God, namely God. God won't be able to help and bless you if you are a tight wad. You know, we got people who are tight wads. We got some tight watch. Put, uh, let me, uh, AV, put the, put, the, put the camera on the screen here. Let me see all these Zoom people. Let, let them see that somewhere in this screen, in this, this Zoom audience, are some tight wads. Go ahead and scan the picture and see if we can figure out who the tight wads are. They, the stingy people, they're probably the ones that they're too stingy even to give a smile. Go ahead, just, just scan across and see who you can figure out who the tight wads are. You cannot get from God if you are a tight wad. In multiple, in multiple examples, God uses people to, uh, to be a blessing. In Luke chapter 8, uh, I'm going I'm to turn to these scriptures real fast. You, you, if you can't uh, keep up, just write them down and read them later when you get an opportunity. I, I like this verse, the first three verses of Luke 8. Let me read this to you. Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, talking about Jesus. Verse 2, and certain women who had been healed of every spirit and infirmity, Mary called Mag Mag Magdalene, out of whom had cast had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, look at this, who provided from, for him from their substance. Here's, here's what this means. These women utilized the substance that they had to help provide for the needs of Jesus. And they gave resources, they gave money, they gave from their substance to help meet the needs of the Lord Jesus while he was on earth. They did that. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Very quickly, Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 44 and 45. This is talking about the early church. Here's what the early church did. Verse 44. Now all who believed were together and 
had all things in common and sold their possessions and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So, can, so, so here's what they did. They took the resources they had. These people got saved. They were radically saved. They were radically converted, so much so that they sold the possessions that they had. They sold stuff that they had and bought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet and gave it to the body of Christ so that they might be able to help, help the body of Christ, help the church be a blessing to other people who were in need. When's the, when's the last time you sold something of value? When's the last time you took something of your resources sold it and gave the money to the church. You ain't never done it. You ain't never done it. Never. Never. <laughs> I'm trying to drop, I'm trying to drop an idea on y'all. I'm trying to help y'all see here's a good idea of something that you ought to do. Uh, this, this is what the early church did. They took from their substance, sold it, bought the money and gave it to the church that the church might be able to carry out its mission and be a blessing to each other and help other, other people. Uh, look at Acts chapter 11, just a few pages over. Acts chapter 11, verse 29. Again, speaks to the same circumstance. Here's the church and said, Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. They, they took uh, according to their ability and sent relief to others. They sent relief. They sent from their resources what they were able and capable of doing to be able to be a blessing to the saints who were in Judea. So one of the things that God wants us to use money for in this series is to be a blessing to help other people. Uh, I'm so proud. I think I've mentioned this to you all. My family during Christmas decided last Christmas not to buy gifts for each other. I'm so proud of my kids, my children that they demonstrated a level of spiritual, spirituality on their part from my vantage point. And instead of buying gifts for each other, we decided to pool our money into a pot and give it to a single mother who was trying to raise children by herself. And I'm so proud of them that they, 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 they amen, thank, thank all five of y'all for that rousing amen. I appreciate that. Uh, and this is what the church ought to be about. It's what the church ought to be doing. We ought to be being a blessing to other people and supporting and helping and encouraging other people. We, we ought to be sending relief and ministering to others. Some of you have been in a need situation. You have been in a situation where you needed help. And God sent somebody to send a resource to you to help you. And I know you, 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 you are grateful for that. Here's number three. I'm almost finished. Thank you very much. Point three, money reveals the condition of our heart. Money reveals the condition of our heart. Mo money shows where your heart is. It shows where your heart is. Let's just go to Matthew chapter six. Here's a familiar passage of scripture. Matthew chapter six, verse um, 21. It says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to know where your, where your heart is? Look at your check account. Look at where you spend your money. 
Look at what you do with your money. Where, where are you putting your money? Because where your heart is, that's where your treasures will be. And where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. It goes, it goes both ways. If your heart is in the kingdom, your money will go there. If your heart is for the kingdom of God, you will invest. Don't tell me you love Jesus, but you're not giving any money to the kingdom of God. Yeah, this is tight. It's tight. It's tight. It's tight. It's tight. Uh, I bought a house in Florida. I bought a house in Florida, and I never was concerned about the hurricanes and the tornadoes and the weather approaching Florida until I bought a house there. And once I purchased the house, all of a sudden I got concerned about the weather. Uh, yes, the weather. Uh, weather. So uh, your heart, wherever you put your money, that's where your heart's going to be. And that's what Jesus said. Where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. Profound, powerful. Look at First Timothy. Let's go to First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. Here's what this says. Here's, a, here's another familiar verse. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Amen. Stick a pen right there. Just stop. That's enough right there. Stop. Stop right there. The love of money, the passion for it, the, the hunger for it is a root of all kinds of evil. People, you find yourself from it. Stray, people have strayed from the faith. Let me go ahead and read the whole verse. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil from which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Might as well read the whole verse. It tells the whole thing, tells the whole story that you love money and you're passionate about money and all you care about is money and everything you do is for money. There ought to be some things you do that money has no part or no play in it. You do it just for the sake of serving and helping other people. But this says when you love money, it's having that passion and love of money that fuels your greediness and pinches you through with many sorrows when you love money. And so this, this passage right here, again, reveals to us and manifests to us the danger of money, the love of money. Not, not, not money by itself is not a problem, but it's your passion for it. It's your love for it. Uh, God wants us to know it reveals the condition of our heart. That's why uh, every week, I, every month, when I, when I get compensated, when I get my paycheck, or actually, that's, here's the truth of the matter, anytime I get resources, even if it's beyond my paycheck, any resource that comes my way, the first thing I do the very first thing I do is take my tithe and an offering. Go ahead, Pastor. Tithe and an offering. See, some of y'all think that all you got to do is, is just, just uh, pay 10% and y'all pay it down to the penny. Uh, but there ought to be an offering in there too as well. And that helps keep my heart straight with God. I believe it makes sure that my heart is in right order with God. And I want to challenge you today and push you to understand that it's important that you guard your heart. And one of the ways you guard your heart is let God control your resources. Let God control your money. Let God, let your money be managed by biblical principles. What you spend money on and where you spend your money ought to be in line and in tune with the things that God tells us for it to be in tune with. And I want to challenge you today. Go and look at your checkbook and see where all your money is going. Look at 
Look at your account and see how you are spending your resources. It reveals the condition of your heart. Over these next several weeks, we're going to be checking out your heart. Over these next several weeks, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about it and evaluating your heart. Here's number four. I'm done. Here's my last and final point. Is that money reveals your ability to be trusted with true riches. God uses money to indicate that he can trust you with true riches. That he can trust you with, with spiritual riches and other kind of riches. He knows he can, he can trust you. Luke chapter 16. Let's look at Luke 16 verse 10. Let's go to Luke 16 verse 10. And it says this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Amen. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Wow, that's profound and powerful. And if you have been faithful in what is another man's, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this is again another one of those profound, powerful principles that God is saying, I'm watching how you manage the resources I give you. I'm observing and watching carefully what you're doing with material things, watching how you handle carnal things. And if you can't handle those things in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to God, he cannot trust you with more. He cannot be comfortable and confident that you'll handle true riches with more. I, I take pride and I celebrate that God entrusted me with the responsibilities of true riches, of leading a congregation of people in the things of God. I'm so grateful that God chose to trust me with that. But that comes from a lifestyle long before I became the pastor of this church, long before I got selected to be the pastor, a lifestyle of, of sowing and giving and managing the resources God gave to me, demonstrating that when the opportunity came, that I could be trusted with more. You see, what most people don't understand is God's watching how you manage it over the long haul, <laughs> not, not over two weeks, not over a month. But what is, what's the pattern in your life over the long haul of things? How faithful and responsible and dedicated and committed and obedient have you been to managing the resources over the long haul of things? God's watching you and observing you and looking at what you and I do. This is a, this is a practical way for you to demonstrate to the eternal God that he can trust you with true riches. So I, I want to challenge you and ask you today, where, where are you with your management of resources? Over the next several weeks, we're going to see and we're going to challenge you. We're going to talk about, discuss, lay out principles for you, push you, pray for you, encourage you that this is an opportunity for you and I to demonstrate our trust in God, our obedience to God, and that God can trust us with more.
You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. If you cannot handle the resources the Lord has already given you, He cannot trust you with more. Let your money be managed by biblical principles. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.